This is Calm and Cozy, episode 70. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast, a show about learning to love sleep, focusing on rest, finding relief from insomnia, and making time for self-care. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth. In this episode, I chat with the life coach for insomniacs, Derek Lacey. Derek opens up about his 15-year struggle with insomnia, the five-step sleep method he uses with his clients, the inspiration for his podcast and his line of blue blocker glasses, and then I kept recording as we ranted about our frustration with melatonin and a few other things. It was a fun episode to record and I hope you enjoy it. Before we begin, I want to tell you about my new favorite slippers, Kurgis. They're beautiful, hand-felted, and so comfortable. Although Kurgis had me at handmade slippers, I was sold when I read about the company's ethics and fair trade practices. Kurgis are produced in Kyrgyzstan from sheep that graze freely. The artisans are paid fairly, and the leather soles are made to be soft and comfortable while being tanned with non-toxic products. Find your perfect pair and save 10% with the coupon code SLEEPCOACH10 at kyrgyz.com. It's K-Y-R-G-I-E-S dot com. Okay, let's begin. My guest tonight is Derek Lacey. He's the life coach for insomniacs. He's the host of the Art of Falling Asleep podcast, the founder of Dormy's Glasses, which block blue light and promote healthier sleep. And he's got a great quote on his website that says, I call myself a life coach for insomniacs because I've never met a person with a sleep problem. They've got life problems that affect their sleep. So thank you for joining me, Derek. Thanks for having me, Beth. We've got a lot to talk about. I know, right? (laughs) I'm always very excited to have other sleep professionals on the podcast because usually my guests are wellness professionals who also talk about how their expertise relates to sleep or people who appreciate sleep, but I don't have a lot of sleep professionals. So Mm. I do like getting my sleep friends on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, and it's been, this is exciting for me too, because I've done a lot of podcasts and interviews, but none by a sleep coach. So, you know, it's just one of those things I, I think is needed in the world. There are so few of us, that it you know it just feels good to combine that energy and and then see what happens in a conversation what comes out of it i agree and it's um it's crazy how small the sleep community feels mm-hmm. um, but i've also found that everyone in the sleep community seems to be very welcoming and friendly and i think we all kind of feel like hey you like sleep too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we should be friends yeah. <laughs> but luckily for us it's getting a little trendier I would love if you could start by sharing a bit about your own uh, personal struggle with insomnia and then mm-hmm. how that led to the work that you're doing now. I struggled since I was a child with, with sleep and my first memory of not being able to sleep was in kindergarten when they make us take naps on those cots. I never took one nap. Never once did I fall asleep. I was awake through every single one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, I 
never really saw it as odd or as a problem. Um, you know, that, that continued at, at night. I, I was always the last person in the house to fall asleep. And that's when I first started experiencing stress. I would, I would hear my parents' television and there were certain television shows that kind of indicated how soon uh, they would be turning off their television. And then when it was completely quiet, I'd get really scared. So that, that's something that, that went on throughout childhood is this, is this um, a fear of sleep approaching or the, uh, the necessity of, of sleep approaching and not having that distraction of something else. And, and then also the, the fear that that pressure of, of falling asleep. As I got older, I could feel it a little more um, as, as a problem. And that continued through, um, you know, uh, my teenage years. And it, it had, it played out with athletics and in high school. And then once I got off to college, I really couldn't sleep when I was when I was on my own and I started skipping like just really um, deleting classes off of my schedule to uh, to cater to my insomnia and uh, and then in my it wasn't until my mid-20s that that I took on the identity of an insomniac and I I moved out to California from Texas and, you know, went through, went through a lot of changes at once, but also got into a situation where I was living in an apartment that didn't have central air conditioning. I was worried about earthquakes all of a sudden. I, I was, uh, you know, living just minutes away from the largest interchange of traffic in the world that happens on a daily basis. Like all this EMF, um, that I was being introduced to without even realizing it. So uh, I think it, it all kind of led to this perfect storm of physical insomnia problems and emotional ones. And then that led to 15 years from about 25 to 40 of just pure hell of never being able to fall asleep uh, easily. And if I did, it's because I was like on a three day binge of being awake or just overcome by Xanax or Ambien or enough muscle relaxers or Jack Daniels, <laughs> Ny NyQuil, etc. Wow, 15 years, that's a long time to deal with that. Wow. Yeah. Like yeah you, that would was. be like, you'd have like a non-existent relationship with sleep, right? Or just like a hatred for it after that. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's really, I, I feel like I try to remember from what I, I've gone through such an identity shift. I really have that it's when I, when I think back and I try to reveal a story, I feel like I'm almost lying because <laughs> it's like I forgot what it's like for, 
for that to happen. You know, like, like if I, let's say now I have, if I travel and I get, and I have to wake up early, so I only sleep like three or four hours, you know, my thoughts are like, how did I do this for so long? But, uh, but when, you know, as you know, uh, like when, when it is your life, you, you find a way to deal with it. And of course you have to adjust and accommodate and you you do it by uh, you know you take energy from other sources of life when when you need that energy um, and then you get by somehow and so I just adapted to that life I one of the best days of my insomnia years was when I let go of my nine to five job and I started bartending hmm. it the my first week of work it was amazing because I didn't have to wake up <laughs> at seven in the morning after I had stayed up until six in the morning. So when I discovered I could at this time that I could make just as much money bartending or waiting tables four nights a week or three nights a week as I could working my desk job, it was, uh, and then not have to worry about waking up by a certain time and just sleeping in. That was, that was so liberating. But of course, that was just another contract that I was signing to live that life. But uh, those are the kinds of things that you do to kind of get by and feel uh, therapeutically feel a little bit better to being so sleep deprived. Speaking, I'm drinking while we're talking. Just Let's do that. Speaking yeah. of bartending. <laughs> oh, that's, there's, there's more than water in that. I love it. <laughs> well, I wish that more um, people with crazy sleep schedules could find jobs that catered more to that. I wish we could choose our own schedules based on our, our sleep. I've, um, in my office job, I'm very fortunate to work for two people who love naps. So we have a little area at the back of our office oh, and cool. we call it like our little napping spot. Mm -hmm. And if one of us starts yawning or complaining about how tired we are, someone else will go like, why don't you go have a little nap? So I do that often. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I go back there and I put like my white noise on because my boss um, is a loud, he's a loud talker when he's on the mm -hmm. phone. He's at like 10 times the normal volume for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I put the white noise in. We have a soft blanket back there and it's amazing. And I wish, <laughs> I wish more mm -hmm. people had a chance to have a nap in the afternoon when they need one. Yeah. It, it uh, is sure better for business as well. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And we all hit that little gap, right? Like in the middle of the day where um, we are technically sleepy. <laughs> so every, literally every place should have that room. <laughs> <It should. laughs> and we, no, should, turn, we, sh we should turn a certain color, you know, when we need a nap, that way oh. people, we could just be sent to the room. <laughs> like you need to go now. That's Take That's your a brilliant idea. <laughs> How can you patent that? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But it would involve some type of like uh, digital 
<laughs> uh, intervention, which would defeat the purpose. True. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. It was. Yeah, we're done. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else get rich, and then we'll get mad. <clears throat> I want to talk about your podcast, but I'm wondering if we should talk about your work with clients first. Hmm. Um, you've got a five-step system for falling asleep. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's um, I call it a five-step sleep method, and it's it's a synthesis of all the work I've done over the years that that's been really effective but I didn't necessarily know what I was doing. I was using trained coaching practices and I was using my own experience and there was a system to it, but that felt like enough. I didn't realize that it was actually speaking to something uh, a little more systematic than it was. And, and then one day it all came to me that there is a process that we go through, not just when we sleep, and this is what tied it together, but a process that we go through when we're awake to a process that we go through all the time. So to prepare for this interview, I took 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes to go through the five steps of the art of falling asleep, not to sleep, but to actually prepare for this interview. So I went through them and and so this, it kind of came to me that at any point in, in life, um, and this isn't to sound, this is, a, this is something to contemplate. I'm, I'm not proclaiming <laughs> anything, but I've found that at any stage in, in your day, in your life, you are completely engaged with one of these steps. And so the steps are, decide, balance, release, become, and be present. And so I've taken these steps and then I help people come up with a routine that leads them to sleep following these steps. And then also a routine during the day or an area within one of these steps where they could use a little more support, a little more clarity in, in being able to do whatever everyone is, as you mentioned in that quote, they have life problems that get in the way of their sleep. And you, you look at the life problem and then see where it fits in one of those five steps. And it also, it just offers you some clarity as well as some insight into the tools that you use. These five steps help you figure out a problem so that your solution is accurate, it's aligned with it, and it actually helps. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and so with, the, with these five steps, if, if you pictured them like a, a triangle with the top line of the triangle, the longest line being the first step, and therefore having the most impact, 
So it kind of creates this waterfall of the things that follow. So we'll start with the step, the first one, which is to decide. This is really important because if, if you have a system for deciding that is, that is useful or helpful, and by that I mean the way your process of deciding is helping your brain focus, your subconscious mind, focus on sleep and not the fear of not sleeping. So this is, this part's really important. So you could figure out when somebody's having trouble and they describe some of the things that are preventing them. Sometimes you find out, okay, you're, you're having a lot of trouble with decisions. So somebody may be working very late, not giving their, their body and their, their mind the three hours that it really needs to, to slow down and balance before going to sleep. Somebody could, um, this is a very common thing, be on social media or just texting or watching television as a form of, of relaxing them to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Where there is no, yeah, the, the um, <laughs> these are all, these are all primarily problems of decision. So okay. if, if you could, if you're working with somebody and you could take them through that moment of saying, okay, I'm not deciding to go to sleep. That's not really what the concept says. It just, it's saying that nothing is more important than sleep. So from this particular moment forward, I am completely committed to every step being less uh, forceful than the one before. And I'm leaving everything else behind. So there's this little, there's this period of being comfortable with yourself, of, of going to airplane mode and not, sorry about the dogs barking, by the way. Okay. They only bark when I need them not to. Right. <laughs> It makes total sense. <laughs> Especially to a dog. Uh, but there's, there's, that, there's that period of, uh, you know, I've gone on airplane mode, but is my reflex, is my reaction the instinctive one to go back to my phone to see if somebody sent me a text? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you could really kind of um, get a, a good, just, just a good, measurement of how somebody come how comfortable somebody is with that step right with 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 kind of just seeing what their process is like what tells you to go to bed right um and and so you know and a, a big problem here too that you could figure out is whether or not somebody's even sleepy enough a lot of people decide to go to bed uh, even though they're not sleepy and then they can't sleep and then they think well i i'm I, I'm not relaxed enough. I, I need hmm. to do something to force relaxation. Right, which is usually the phone or screen. Which is, right, right. Yeah, so something gets right. started with, uh, in terms of sleep and in terms of, of neurology and emotions, if it gets off to a misaligned or an unaligned start, then everything that happens from there is going to get 
exponentially further away from the, the truth of sleep biologically and emotionally and spiritually. So everything you do um, is just going to get uh, more inaccurate. Hmm. This is my like thinking and like trying to absorb it all face, which I feel okay. like I, I have when I listen to your podcast too. Like mm-hmm. I listen to it and I think it's a different approach from mine, which I love because everybody's different and different things work for different people. I want to grasp it. And I find that your podcast is probably one of the only podcasts that when I'm listening, I can't do something else. Like I can't really, <laughs> like you can't scroll through Instagram or mm. something while I'm listening to your podcast because mm. it really is like, I want to grasp these concepts and it's interesting. And there's so many different things that you, you say, and I go, Oh, like I listen when I'm walking and a lot of times I'm like, hmm, yeah, good point. <laughs> it's like weird while I'm walking. I'm like, good point to a tree or whatever. <laughs> so I just, I find it really is like a podcast for like the thinkers. <laughs> well, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because, because this is, uh, you know, the development of this system has been, it's, it's been challenging you know, to articulate. And part of the problem with that is, you know, like if I'm helping somebody, I don't have conversations like this with people if I'm like helping them <laughs> sleep, right? It's like, just so you know, this is what, no, it, it, it's, um, it, these are insights that guide the process. So, you know, in a conversation between a couple of sleep coaches, it's like, like that would be, honestly, that's like, That'd be so cool just to sit around drinking wine, talking about sleep, uh, but it may not be for everybody. And so the, I'm glad you brought this up though, because the, the goal of the podcast is for somebody to be present with the thoughts for sure um, and not multitask to listen mm-hmm. to it. Uh, but, but I want to use, I, I use metaphors a lot to describe how sleep happens and to inspire people to think differently about how sleep happens because the big the biggest problem i've found with sleep starts before anybody tries anything does anything because they're just thinking about sleep (laughs) ineffectively so i want people to think about sleep better so that they can sleep better and that's what the podcast is for because I want people, I want people to get intellectual about it. I actually prefer the term artful <laughs> because then they can apply personal, they can apply their fingerprint. I don't know if you've ever done this, but where, where you read a book that just gives you trouble and you have to stop and reread sentences all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you you actually comprehend it because there's this thing when you read it's like oh, i'm not comprehending i'm not comprehending and then uh you either reread until you do comprehend and then it takes you an hour to read one page or like like i did this like when i when reading um don quixote that oh that God. book it was, I was like i gonna I'm, say <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> that's I one. tried reading that once for a book club and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like 10 million in four pages, right? I can't believe you um, 
but so there's this, there was this process of where I just had to continue to read and continue to read. And then after a hundred pages, I'm like, Oh, I actually know what's happening here. And I say it that oh, way. So I should go back and try again. You should go back and just, yeah, just give it one pass. <laughs> Don't reread. Okay. Um, so it's like, I want people to half comprehend the intellectual part of it, but I also just want them through osmosis to hear what I'm talking about uh, because it is grounded in physics and biology and science so that they just naturally comprehend that without having to think about it somewhere in their body. And then by listening to the podcast, like even if they're just washing their car, they're going to do it in a way that creates more sleep. Does that I, make sense? Yes. I swear <laughs> I was paying attention to everything, but I was still, still blew my mind with that, like naming the exact book that I've never finished because I couldn't get through it. <laughs> no, and nobody has, by the way. The oh, very, good. Yeah. In the very last page, like, <laughs> like yeah, two, two dogs could fall in love, you know, and then, start like a popsicle stand mm. yeah mm -hmm. that uh um, oh that's how it ends okay. yeah that could that yeah. could literally happen because mm -hmm. nobody's ever finished the book yeah i don't think anyone <laughs> did either it was just so funny i was thinking like as you were saying that i was thinking oh don Quixote was like the book that i couldn't and i was like i'm not gonna say that out loud it's probably gonna sound so stupid probably gonna be like that was like the easiest book or that was like my favorite book i've ever read and then you named it no i love all this because i i'm part of my message really is like appreciating sleep and like the more that you learn about how sleep affects you the more you appreciate it the more you love it the better you sleep so i love all this because mm -hmm. i do find that I, when i'm listening and you only have three episodes on your podcast but i feel like you've been it's i feel like it's a lot more than three because <laughs> every episode has a lot to it um but yeah i i like that because uh one of the things that you had said, I think in your first episode that I loved, and I think I messaged you about it right away. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm listening again, because I want to make sure I get all this was mm -hmm. when you were talking about how um, no two nights are ever going to be the same, like your sleep is so different every night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, because it's such a like, it's such a simple thing. And it's kind of obvious, but it's also really cool to think about. And that was one thing that I remembered from that and a lot of times I think about that I think I'm waking up and I'm checking like my Fitbit app to see what my sleep was like and a lot of times on the app you know it looks pretty basic it looks the same but to really like grasp the idea that that no two nights of sleep are the same and all the things that are happening in our brain when we're sleeping that we're not even aware of it just kind of goes <laughs> yeah it's, it's very it's very yeah. cool see these, these are the things that people you know uh, some i as an insomniac you know you say things i would say things like i can't sleep or i can't relax or something's wrong with me and what we i never really knew was that my sleep is created like I haven't slept yet tonight. And by, by that sleep has never happened. I, I mean that what I'm doing right now is one of the things that will go mm -hmm. into the creation of that sleep. Mm -hmm. So to say something like I can't sleep 
it's like, it's impossible to be accurate with that. Um, you're basing it off of the of the path of past <laughs> sleep, <laughs> and so like there's so many things I can do between now and then to ensure better sleep. But um, you know, we get when somebody has insomnia, they're taken away from the concept of creation and toward the concept of this is what's happened to me in the past. Therefore, this is what I can expect. And so that's really the biggest shift that, that needs to happen. But it's, again, it's just a conceptual, it's just a conceptual shift, right? If you just think about sleep more accurately, then you could, you could put literally write sleep into your address book or rather your, your calendar or your journal. Like I'm going to do this and this and this and this so that I could become sleep. It becomes one of the steps in, in, in the five steps where you, you literally just, you, you become you create it, you become it. <laughs> that like everything that's happening to us during waking hours is just setting us up for what's going to happen yeah. during our yeah. sleep hours. And it's right. very cool. They all just, like I always say, like stop thinking of it as my time awake, my time asleep. Like it's all really just the same. They all are just running into each other. And to see it as just everything I'm doing today is going to affect tonight. And everything mm -hmm. I do tonight's going to affect tomorrow and it's very cool to think of it that way and we have a lot more control than we think we do as well mm -hmm. there was a concept i wanted you to explain the phone keys wallet mm -hmm. that you talked about in the second mm -hmm. episode can mm -hmm. you explain that because i'm very much into like the safety of sleep yeah. as well yeah yeah that that's a um safety was a really big one for me like when i was a kid we, a lot of weird things would happen at my house. Like people would try to break in. They shot bullets at the house once. Um, it like people would throw eggs and, and run through the lawn. Apparently, apparently my brother and sister were, were real assholes. <laughs> oh, I thought it was your neighbors. It was your brother and sister. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying they were, they were in high school when I was, a, when I was a kid. Right. So I am pretty sure it was like people that <laughs> they were engaging with that were doing these things to the house. Okay. Um, uh, but you know, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> kind of. So, <laughs> So, so yeah, the, the safety concept is a big thing, you know, for especially with somebody who deals with trauma, underlying issues, uh, if something's ever happened. And one of the things that happened when I was when I was a kid, I was like four years old. I was tired. I was falling asleep. And as a joke, my brother got under my bed. And right when I fell asleep, he reached up and grabbed Oh my God. It scared me. Yeah. So mm. that could, that could be having, you know, a, a real big impact. So the idea of Funky's wallet, if you've ever been in bed and you just like, you're just trying everything, you, you don't really know what to do. Um, this is a, this is also a concept of balance and, and release and become 
but what you have to do is change it up. So this is, this is uh, uh, when all has gone to crap, it feels like, and you need to completely change your emotional state. We, I, I use this concept of phone keys wallet, which is just checking in with the basics. It all starts with like, okay, um, phone keys wallet is a metaphor for breathing or for safety, breathing and thinking. So if I can acknowledge that I'm safe and then I could use some conscious, mindful breathing, I'm automatically going to change the quality of my thinking. I'm going to, I'm going to have a completely different perspective. And so the, the concept of phone keys wallet is to, is to help somebody who has created enough sleep throughout the day. These concepts, uh, they can't perform miracles, but, but if somebody uh, does have enough melatonin stored to be able to sleep and enough sleep drive, but something is happening to them and they're stuck, then they can, they can use this concept of phone keys wallet, meaning that if I leave the house and I have my phone and my keys in my wallet, or let's reverse that. Imagine leaving your house without your phone, your mm -hmm. keys in your wallet. Imagine if I just, drove you somewhere and dropped you off. Um, it'd be really freaky, right? <laughs> yeah. But if I one by one gave you a phone and then a wallet and then some car keys with a car, you would go through this physiological and emotional change and spiritual change that could not be accomplished by doing something. It's something that's created within. And so Funky's wallet is, is a method for falling asleep where you indeed double check with yourself consciously and unconsciously, subconsciously. Am I safe right now? Is it safe to be like, am I, do I need to worry about anything in this room, mm. in this house? Uh, and then once you can acknowledge that, then you could actually use any kind of of easeful breathing or even like a breath of fire something that changes the state of your nervous system so we just have to sort of get into a position where where we don't try to be so controlling over the sleep and so that's <laughs> what that technique does cool thank you for explaining that I would love for you to talk about your glasses as well, because mm -hmm. you're the founder of Blue Blocker Glasses, a company mm -hmm. called Dormies. Mm -hmm. First of all, I want to know where you got that. What's the inspiration for the name? The, um, I, I originally... Is it something really obvious that I don't... Uh, it is know. really, it is, it, <laughs> it is <laughs> kind of obvious. like your dog's name. For people who speak Latin. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> Dormies is just from the uh, Latin root dormir, sleep. Okay. But but I gave it. I kind of um, I Americanized it, made it <laughs> bastardized the name a little bit, I, because it you know it's it's not as I guess marketable. But um, so like, dormi is the sleep god. Okay. So I I I, I call it dormies with an apostrophe s. The dormies glasses like these are the glasses that. The, the, the god of sleep uses. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
you know, when I first started coaching, I had not incorporated blocking blue light as part of my routine. I actually started sleeping so much better. I declared myself free of insomnia and I wasn't even blocking blue light. And then once I was privy to, to the, the hack of, of blocking blue light, I started doing it and I got some decent glasses, but they weren't, they weren't that great. I didn't like the, the quality, I didn't like the feel. They didn't, they only blocked like uh, 80% of, of blue light. And people were, I started wearing the glasses for, for like television stuff and uh, speaking uh, gigs and, and people were, it always became the topic of, of everything. And I ended up, you know, I was, I was recommending a lot of other companies to people. So then it just occurred to me, like, I just, I need to start my own. Mm. And, and so I did, but they're, they're so important to sleep because they, they block, uh, depending on the time of day and which ones you're wearing, they, they block the appropriate amount of blue light, blue light, natural color in the spectrum. But uh, if it's not coming from the sun, then you're seeing blue light at the wrong time of day and blue light tells the brain to create all the hormones that we need to stay awake, to stay alert and to hold back the release of melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. I find melatonin and discussions around melatonin, one of the most frustrating things with clients and people that I'm talking to about sleep because it's mm -hmm. the first thing that people reach for when they have a sleep problem, but they don't even understand it. And I find it's the number one, like most recommended by your neighbor who has no idea what she's talking about. And that's one of the things like I get really fired up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost want to change the name, you know, just mm. so that people can stop <laughs> associating like, get, like them together, natural mm. and synthetic, yeah. but like, and, you know, in, in the first, when I first really disliked melatonin, <laughs> I never liked melatonin. And I intuitively, when I was going through insomnia, there was a moment like, it was like four years before I started sleeping that I just stopped doing, taking everything, I, anything, like nothing, nothing went in my body, like no supplements. Mm. And, and I did not advocate with clients that they take melatonin, but it was at the time it was strictly for what I call sleep confidence. And that's the, just the confidence that somebody has in when they do sleep, mm -hmm. that they're the, the ones that actually created it. <laughs> and so if you take something, right. So if, if most your average, like, Oh, I wish I slept better person, but, but maybe they don't identify as an insomnia. Most of them take things or even a CBD oil or, or diffused lavender or something like that. Like they do things in order to fall asleep. And then if they don't have those, then, you know, sleep is, is not as good as it usually is. And so all of these things create this, like, a, like, Oh, what if I don't fall asleep? I, I need this thing to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And so as you take melatonin, even if it works, you're not, you're not becoming a better 
sleeper. You're not becoming mm -hmm. a more confident sleeper. You're always relying on a crutch. So that's the first reason I didn't like it. But then the more I, you know, and it's, it's kind of common sense, I guess, but like uh, when it comes to hormones, if, you, if you're able to make something naturally and then you take it, your body is going to suppress production of that. So by taking melatonin, not only are, does your confidence go down, but your own melatonin supply goes down and that well kind of gets rusty. And then melatonin has such, like the, the extent that melatonin goes to, you know, we, we think of it, most people think of it as a sleep hormone, but mm. it, it scavenges, you know, uh, free radicals. So it cures us of cancer while we sleep. You know, it, it, it controls like energy production, food metabolism, fat burning. Mm. When we sleep, it binds to the pancreas so that sugar doesn't interfere with all of these processes. It does like melatonin does so much and we need our own like melatonin with radar that knows our body that is <laughs> <laughs> calibrated to our body that comes from us that represents us to be able to do all these things if not it's just like um you know sleeping because you drank too much tequila like it's it's <laughs> you're passed out and you're not going through these processes and so you're not getting the same uh, repair that you would normally get so there really is nothing good about taking synthetic melatonin, uh, even though, you know, you might, this is, um, as you know, we're in the age of like a lot of disinformation, but like you're going to, you could look online and probably find a lot of studies that promote taking melatonin, but they don't consider a lot of things like the, uh, the bond that melatonin has with vitamin A in the eye and how everything in the body is coupled. It's all bonded. Everything, it's like everything that happens in our body, all the cells, it's like couples going to like the dance, the, like the end of, end of year dance <laughs> at, the, at the country hall. And they all show up together. <laughs> so melatonin goes to the dance with the vitamin A. <laughs> Melatonin goes to the dance with vitamin mm -hmm. A. And then as soon as you take melatonin through the mouth from some cow's head, that's like, yeah, yeah that's like, a, it's knocking on vitamin A's door and say, hey, you know, um, get out of the way. I'm taking, uh, I'm dancing with your date, right? And then thrown melatonin goes to the bar and then drinks way too much. Right. Um, says a bunch of crazy things that it mm -hmm. regrets when it wakes up in the morning but now all of a sudden this synthetic melatonin is bonded with vitamin a mm. um, but that's not natural so that bond is eventually broken and now vitamin a is by itself and it's not bonded to anything mm. and then that vitamin a is just free to roam and it's like a, a balloon a helium balloon that's let go of and you just see it drifting off into the sky and if that happens enough in your eye you're going to not be able to see very much and this is some of the new science that's coming out a lot of it is hidden a lot of it people don't 
Melatonin's a big industry, right? And that was an amazing metaphor. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> when I realized too, I interrupted your talking about your glasses to start my melatonin rant. Mm -hmm. um, but it did lead to the best metaphor I've ever heard about anything. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad it happened. <laughs> There's no regrets. Um, so I want to make sure that you tell everyone where they can buy Dormy's glasses. The website is at Dormis, D-O-R-M-I-S dot I-O. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah, they can, they can get some there and I'll, I'll put a, we'll use a special discount to uh, Beth. We'll just, it'll, it'll be Beth. It's just going to be Beth? Just I've Beth. never had anyone make a coupon code <laughs> just my name. That's so cool. This yeah. is the best interview ever. <laughs> <laughs> and they can also find it. My website is Derek Lacey Coaching. Yes. I was going to ask you, where can people find you? But uh, on, on my site too, they could find, I have some meditations up. Mm. I have a, a sleep coaching technique that somebody could learn to um, self-dialogue, ask yourself some questions that just mm -hmm. help your, your brain and your body get on the same page and focus on sleep. And I have a, an ebook there and I also have um, something else, else that I can't remember. <laughs> but there's stuff there. Just go and just, just check out stuff. Yeah, just click on things. <laughs> just click on things. Just read shit. It's all right there. <laughs> just read. Yeah. At DerekLaceyCoaching.com. DerekLaceyCoaching.com. Nice. Yeah. And it's D-E-R-E-K. D-E-R-E-K. Just, you know, yeah. in case. L-A-C-E-Y. I have one last question. It's very serious. Uh-oh, yeah. Do you have a proper recording studio set up for your podcast or are you just like crouched in the closet with a microphone? <laughs> I, um, I love this question. <laughs> I love this question. People think of podcasting is like more glamorous than it is. So, well, and, and I, yeah, I've taken it serious in that sense because uh, a buddy of mine the other day said, Hey, your, your podcast sounds really good. Like, what are you doing? I was like, thank you. You're the first person to compliment like the sound quality. But uh, for years, I, re I, was, I was a musician, and I, I wrote a lot of music. I produced a lot of music. And so I have all this music equipment that's just been forming cobwebs in the attic. Uh -huh. Part of the inspiration to start the podcast was that I could whip out this preamp and this condenser mic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had all the shit to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I thought, I literally thought, like, some of the stuff I'd put on sale before and, you know, like on online and it never sold. I'm like, I'm, I kind of walked away from that industry. And when I whipped that out to, to do the pot to set up the studio, I was like, this is so cool. So <laughs> for me, you know, some people, all you need is like, uh, you know, earbuds and a cell phone mm -hmm. to do the podcast. But I, I'm still playing with the, the sound quality, but but yeah, I have an expensive mic <laughs> okay. and an expensive amplifier. Okay. But, but that's but I didn't buy that for the podcast. It's it okay fun. if you did. I wouldn't be judging. Oh, totally. No, 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 totally. <laughs> but but I I um it's just one of those things I giggle about because I'm like, you know, just it made it feel like uh, oh, this is why I did that mm -hmm. all those years so I could have a podcast. One day. <laughs> I like that with my uh, graphic design. 
Oh. Um, I was a graphic design student and never did anything else with it. And now I design all my own stuff for my business because mm. I am my only employee. So all of a sudden it's like, yeah, all this stuff makes sense now. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad I know how to do this. I'm so jealous. Because I can't hire anybody else to do it. I'm such a perfectionist about it. But yeah. yeah, and so I don't crouch in a closet with a mic. I sit on my bed, which is where I do everything. Like oh. every interview is done on my bed because I don't have a desk right now when we're moving and we're just kind of, everything's up in the air. But it's funny because my room that I record in is the only room in the house that still has carpet, like the only bedroom. Mm. And I'm still trying to keep Jake from replacing the carpet with hardwood because then I have nowhere to record my podcast. Right. I'm freaking out a little about that. I'm like, where am I going to do this? I always Wait. joke that, where am I going to record my award-winning podcast from? <laughs> Take away my uh, sound studio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to be in my car or something. Thank you so much for doing this. This was really fun. I have to say, I, I don't usually enjoy interviewing people. It's not the person I'm talking to. I just find it. I think I'm a better guest than a host. And it, it's like causes anxiety for me to interview people and I've really enjoyed this oh that's that's <laughs> the nicest thing anybody's ever said toward me and ever ever wow yeah, yeah I came from a tough place <laughs> <You sure did. laughs> and and have had some tough interviewers mm. yeah no that's that's very that's very kind and I had an absolute blast. Seriously, like this is, uh, I was nervous all day because I was so excited. So I've really looked forward to this. And like, as I've gotten to, as I've done more homework on you and been just more aware of who you are, I realized like how funny you are and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's, it's like my only thing I got going for me. Right <laughs> hey, yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, well, Let's just that, keep riding the wave until someone figures it out. I say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say me too, but but of course that's not up to me. Um, but <laughs> I have to wait for somebody to call me funny before I can say that. So, so um, I was really looking forward to 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 meeting you and um, another sleep coach who has a, you know, obviously a great personality and and is um so um i guess respectful like toward my kind of off the wall approach i guess to, to insomnia transformation um apparently so yeah thanks this is this is really a lot of fun and it probably wouldn't be fun for people if we went four hours but i feel like we could go four hours and have fun doing that but we'll save that yeah. for we'll just like have a second episode and talk about other stuff yeah I did that yeah. with uh, Julie Westervelt. She came on twice. I mean, you they did? were a year oh. apart, but still. Okay. She came and talked about the pillow for one episode, and then she came back a year later and talked about like being out there and doing wellness expos and stuff like that. So She's cool as hell. She is. I love her. And she's, well, it's not live, but she acknowledged that she was going to uh, listen. So hi, Julie. I'm glad you brought her up. Yeah, I love Julie. I need to meet everybody in person. I've never met any. The only sleep person that lives close to me is Neil Headley. 
the I don't even know the, who that is. Host of the Snooze Button podcast, which I was just on two nights ago. Oh, cool. And he was one person that I was like very intimidated to go on his podcast because it's he has like all sleep doctors and scientists on there. Mm-hmm. And I listened to episodes and was like, Oh, I've got no game. Like he hasn't figured <laughs> out yet that I'm gonna go on there and sound like a dummy. And as soon as I got on there and I just started like making him laugh and I felt like it just went really well because he he laughed and then I'd laugh and then he'd make a joke and then he'd run with my joke and I'd run with his and it just felt like yeah it was perfect I was like oh and that's why people you know like I (laughs) I know we're we're uh stalling here but people could just uh (laughs) press end on their end but (laughs) but like when I listen to podcasts it's like I don't you know I don't want to hear I don't want to hear the standard answer you know like I don't it's it's not a an encyclopedia so and especially with sleep it's such a personal thing and people most people like i i was a sleep expert be like i was the biggest sleep expert in the world when i had insomnia because i did so much research on it and i i almost hated hearing people talk about what i wasn't doing right or what i needed to do i'm like just just tell me something different man you know it's like i i'm exhausted by hearing the same story so it's like the less of um you know a a expert or like a medically trained person that you are the better just just (laughs) you know give me the street stuff like the gangster (laughs) approach because i need something that (laughs) i need something other than what i'm hearing yeah yeah i want to hear from people who have lived with it not the textbook answer Everybody says the same thing and it's obviously not working. So that's just another nail in the coffin. Every single time <laughs> you try something, it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and there was one other thing. I'm sorry. I've kept you for so long. Um, I w- also wanted to tell you that when I was working with the publisher on the title for my book, I mm. really liked the art of sleep. That was the one that I liked and that I oh. was calling it. And then they made the ultimate decision to call it common cozy book of sleep Mm. and i'm so glad they did because i feel like your book should be called the art of sleep or the art of falling asleep and so now i haven't taken the title that was meant for yours you are so selfless i swear (laughs) yeah your instinct thank you (laughs) in real time and (laughs) as you cast out into the future you're so selfless but Mm. uh yeah you know i've i'm using the art of falling asleep for a, a lot of a lot of things um when i when i do start my book it's going to be i'll just drop this i'm not going to say okay. too much but it's not going to be the art of falling asleep um, okay it's not going to be well, common cozy either right because that's mine you i will not that would be the biggest <laughs> move ever <laughs> i thought we were I'm friends like, man i'm like thank you for doing that that's so sweet and and i've uh I've, Silicon Valley has invested into my project and we're taking your name. Right. Um, <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, my goal is to not have sleep in the title. Okay. Because it's going to be a, um, I, I can't say it. I can't say it. Uh, <laughs> but okay. it, it, part, of the, part of the concept of the book is to not use the word sleep in okay. the title or anywhere in the book. No, I'm just kidding. That would be, that would be impossible. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, but thank you. Thank you for, uh, for not using that. That's one of those things where I'm like, you don't, you know, you don't double check before you commit to something. <laughs> I already told Neil Headley, my second book's going to be called calmer and cozier. So 
feel like I'm stuck with that one now. <laughs> Make sure you check out all the sleep goods that Derek has to offer at his website, DerekLaceyCoaching.com. Don't worry, all the links will be in the show notes. Thank you, as always, for listening. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom, who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, Mama.